Hey guys, welcome to our program, Small Town Worlds, where we talk about world issues from a small town perspective through a biblical lens. Our aim is to spotlight Jesus Christ and spread the gospel while discussing relevant topics we all face day to day. Well, good afternoon. We are back and today we're going to talk about um, the Beatitudes. I want to um, say that Matthew 5 and 6 are my well, probably the whole Sermon on the Mount is my favorite. Matthew 6 really was my always my favorite chapter in the Bible. So, What these about are, it specifically? Oh, consider the, consider the Lilies is my favorite. Oh. Yeah, Consider the Lilies was always my favorite verse. So, did I have that highlighted over there? I did. I'm not sure. I don't know. I may not have. But anyway, I do love, I do love that. I've always loved that since high school. It kind of calms my anxiety. Yes. That was why I think I first started reading those verses all the time. It kind of calms my anxiety, you know, because it's about don't worry. Right. And, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. The passage on don't be anxious. So it's the reality that no matter what you're going through, if he cares enough to worry about the flowers, yes. then surely he can take care of your needs and he sees where you are and yes. he can deal with your issues. And Yeah. 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 And so that's that, comforting. Like That is comforting. So those were my first... Uh, Back in high school, that was my that was my favorite, and always, you know, that's always my go-to. Yeah, if I'm worried about something. <laughs> if I'm worried or anxious, that is. Mine is a scripture in Isaiah that where it says that he has that my name is etched in the palm of his hand. Mm. That's the one out. That's my favorite. Like, yeah, just that reminder that he has like I'm that close to him. Like he always has me. You know, he's not going to forget me. He, I'm right there. Like, you know, I think yeah. about what we do when we want to remember something. We we jot it in our hand real quick so that we're going to see it. And yeah. That, that, you know, he's got our names right there. Yes. I love that. Yes, that is. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Beatitudes today. We're going to talk about um, Matthew 5 specifically, I think. And um, we'll read uh, the character traits of people. <laughs> we want to be (laughs) how about that (laughs) do you want to read them or you want me to read them sure i will so this is matthew 5 1 through 10 when the crowds when he saw the crowds he went up on the mountain and after he sat down his disciples came to him then he began to teach them saying blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted Blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. I'm going to go on and read. 11 and 12. If you, pardon me, you are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Yeah, so that's why I even started reading the Beatitudes again was, was that. Um, just you know heavy on my heart the people in afghanistan that have are being persecuted um and the church worldwide any church outside of america yeah uh, 
often is facing persecution where wherever they are in the world. Um, so that uh, that's why I really started reading that, and it just just for my own comfort, I think really right. because uh, you know, and then and then to be able to pray that scripture too, you know, Lord, remember remember them and honor them and give them um, what you've you know, promised. What you've promised, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think sometimes we put in our mind that persecution is like the end of the world, like the idea of enduring persecution, the idea of suffering in that way, that it would just be the death of us. We can't, especially in 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 our society and in in, in our world, um, it's just so hard to fathom that suffering and that pain because we have never had to endure anything like that. And so, and I guess maybe I'm just speaking for me, but I know for me, it's so hard for me to put myself in that place. I can't even, I almost can't even imagine surviving that. Mm -hmm. And, and I think scriptures like that remind me that you can survive. They are surviving. I'm with them. I haven't forsaken them. I'm taking care of them. I'm meeting their needs. And if something happens in this world to take them from this world, they're the better for it. Yeah. Just like I will be the better for it. If something ever does happen and my life is lost in due to persecution in some way, I, it's okay. Yeah. You know, and I, th- I have to be reminded of that because, like you said, that anxiety can almost overtake you to the point that you think you can't, you know, it's paralyzing at yeah. times when yeah. you try to imagine if you were in that situation and the scriptures, this scripture and others like it just remind me that um, you would be okay. It makes me think of that interview you saw of the woman where she said, we're not scared. Yeah. We're sad, but we're not scared. Yeah. And um, like, I can't even, I can't even imagine that, but I, I have hope that, if if I were in that situation, that that God would strengthen me in the same way. Yeah, I hope. I listened to a pastor say that um, he wanted he he was trying to remind us to be like Paul. He said, you know, Paul was like, um, they're gonna lock we're gonna lock you up, and he was like, okay, great. I need to finish Ephesians. I've got some <laughs> writing I need to do. Like I've got some letters I need to finish. Did you listen to it? <laughs> no, but that's so true. And then he said, and then and then he, they he said, well, then they were like, okay, well, then we'll kill you. And he was like, great, good. That way I can be with Jesus. Like, go ahead, go ahead and kill me. And then he was like, well, you know, because that he's talking about the scripture where Paul said, um, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Yes. You know, I'll be with Christ, so you you can't hurt me. Right. You know, basically is what he was trying to say. That's to li- to live, I'm going to populate heaven uh, and work for Christ, and then you know, if if you kill me, uh, that's okay. I'll be in heaven, and it'll be I'll be I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, I'll be better for it. My pastor also a similar sentiment that he often says, having been in situations where his life was threatened, and and he says that the Lord really spoke that to his spirit at the time that he was very afraid. You know, he was in a foreign country, and um, he said that the that the Lord just comforted him saying, if they kill you, you're going to be with me. If they don't kill you, I'm going to be with you. It's yeah. a win-win. Like you can't lose. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, anyway, yeah. So. I love that. It, no, he cracked me up when he said that. Right. I need to finish Ephesians. Like I've got work to do. Uh, <laughs> oh, that I would be that way. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so one Bible commentary that I read said that, and many translations say, happy in the place of blessed. And then um, I was going to say, blessed, the Greek word translated means happy, blissful, 
or literally to be enlarged. And he offered eight statements of blessing or eight statements to happiness. Um, I think happy is such a a broad term and that it's so often used to describe um, a feeling that of self-satisfaction, you know, like I'm happy this is happening or I'm happy. And so I think for modern language, um, I don't know, blessed just really sets it apart from just happy, like our version of happy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, blissful is a good blissful, term. I love that, yeah. Yeah, blissful is a good term. Um, and then literally to enlarge, that kind of almost, <laughs> that kind of scared me a little bit. I was like, ooh, I don't <laughs> I don't need to get any bigger. That's right. What, no. That's I, my <laughs> I was thinking like spiritually, but okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry. I always went to the, I always go to the other. I don't need anything to be bigger for sure. Yeah. Um, so I told you when we were talking that um, I felt like these verses focused on heaven a lot. Um, the whole sermon. The whole sermon and the whole sermon on the Mount focused on heaven a lot. Yeah. Um, With this being like one of the, um, the longest discourses, and of course, there, just in the little bit of research that I had time to do about it, there was some discrepancy—not discrepancy, but disagreement—about whether this was something that he did all at one time, or if this was possibly a compilation of um, various sermons or talks that he did throughout, mm-hmm. you know, a certain time frame. Um, especially that that it, it corresponds with Luke, but they're di- but they're different, compiled different. I guess mm-hmm. they're put together different. So either mm-hmm. either Luke split them up or Matthew put them together, one or the other. But right, um, either way, the thought that um, that Jesus thought all of these things were significant to be yeah. taught on, and then that he, um, I don't know that the disciples then thought they were significant enough to record. Yeah, you know, when you when when Scripture tells us that there, books can't hold everything that really happened. Books right. can't hold everything that Jesus really said and all that they actually witnessed in yeah. his in his years of ministry. And so I guess that's why I treasure the Gospels so much because I think if so many things happened that they couldn't write them all down, and these are the things that they chose to write down, like they I, I don't know I just they're so meaningful to me when I think these are the miracles that are recorded and these right. are the words of Christ that were significant yeah. for us to know and yeah. so when you think about these sermons being included in scripture like these are things that Jesus apparently taught often you know like yeah. these were certain but this was the beginning of the, the sermon on the mount's the beginning of his ministry yeah i, I was wondered about the significance of that. Um, why he laid all of so much out at the very, very, very begi- beginning. Yeah. Yeah. After having healed, because I backed up and to see what, yes, so what happened that's before right. this. There were. And it was all the teaching and preaching and the healing that had, yes. they had witnessed. Um, and those weren't the most important parts. The healing wasn't the most important part. Yeah. It was, it was the words that they were going to hear um, when he sat them, when he gathered them up and sat them down and said, "Okay, now, yeah, these are the things that I I need you to hear from yeah. from the Father." So he he don't you feel like he did those things to gain a following, to get all those people to gain the following, and then to to give the Sermon on the Mount. I think partly, but I always what I always see in Christ when I consider the times that he healed and and the things that he provided for their physical needs, it's his compassion. 
because so much of the things that he did, um, I think about when he told his, his mother, when she came to him at the wedding and said, we're out of wine. He was like, I, what do you want me to do? It's not my time. Yeah. But compassion so often moved him to act. Yeah. Um, just because he saw the need. And I think that that's his heart today. Is is compa- Yes, he wants people to know him and, and he, he wants them to come into a saving knowledge of who he is, but um, his compassion still moves him to act on our behalf because yeah. he's just so moved by our hurt and he's moved by um, the predicaments that we get ourselves in and our disease and our yeah. brokenness. And don't you think that's what he wants of us to be to be like that well it's it's just like what you pointed out when we were we always talk before we before we come over and record and uh, one of the things that you were saying that you had been so struck by in the the sermon on the mount was how much information there is about how we're supposed to treat others Others. yeah and then just how the lord had opened your eyes to the reality that that's life that's what it's about I mean, I truly, that's kind of, I told Kayla, it's like a little epiphany. Like, that's what it's about. I really, you know. Like so it, when you say that's what it's about, what do you expound on that a little bit like that? What what do you feel like that epiphany was? Yeah, just that it's just about others. Like everything, I think, you know, because we focus so much on ourselves. And I think that it's um, just that's not what life's about. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've shared throughout... Um, this, I don't even know what you call it. I, I mean, what do we, I don't know what we call this. What do we call it? We haven't called it a ministry per se a lot. Whatever uh, it is that we're but doing. Some other people have said, you know, I'm praying for y'all's ministry. And when, every time somebody says ministry, I almost cringe like I'm not yeah. worthy yeah. for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever the word is for yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. But throughout what we have talked about is the sufficiency of scripture. And I think that I see that so much in this passage because when we're talking about justice in the last few weeks, okay, well, that means I need to know how to treat people rightly. Yeah. And then you turn to Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and he lays it out. Yeah. How you're supposed to treat people rightly. I think that's why it was on my heart. Just the, the things that we've talked about over the last few weeks have just kind of put this, just made me keep reading it over and over. Yeah. You know. Because, yeah. you you know, he just lays out for us how to interact with others. He lays out for us what um, how to meet the needs of others. The fact that we're even supposed to put other people's needs before our own. Yeah. Um, not being, I think, how, how many of our missteps occur because of fear? And he addresses, just like you said about Remember the Lilies, he addresses anxiety in, this, in yeah. these few uh, chapters and um, how to pray effectively. Yeah. The, the Lord's prayer is in this, these few chapters and just, it's so rich when, yeah. when we're looking at, okay, I, I want, I want to be a Christ follower. I want to live a life that honors the Lord. I want to know how to treat people right. Where do I start? Yeah. I think that that many of us in our walk have found ourselves in, at that place. Yeah. And cuz um, I wrote down these are these are life goals. <laughs> like these are my life goals now. So when you're talking about the beatitudes, poor in spirit, um mourning, I, I think about how broken you've been over all that's happening in Afghanistan and that they will be comforted and where did you find comfort? Yeah. You found comfort in God's word. In God's word, it took you back to the the very yeah place where you can find it. Um, 
humility, hunger and thirsting for righteousness, merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers, um, those who are being persecuted, being insulted. And though we aren't necessarily experiencing the same kind of persecution as those around the world, we're definitely, we are now seeing what it is to be marginalized. Yeah. We're seeing, as and, and by we, I mean Christians, we're Christians. seeing what it means Bible-believing Christ followers, yeah, that we are seeing what it means to be um, silenced. Yeah, um, cancel culture culture is real. It, the the gaslighting where you're, you know, yeah. isn't that the one where you like are made to feel stupid when you say yes, you've been saying all these things, and then they make you feel stupid for saying that's real. They were really saying, yeah. I know that all kind of got jumbled up, but gaslighting. Um, we know we are now beginning to understand what those things feel like. Yeah. And and for the first time, really in my life, I'm beginning to wonder: um, Will I see genuine persecution? When I mean genuine, I mean life-threatening persecution yeah. against Christians in the United States. I've never wondered that in my life. Right. I've wondered. I wonder: Will my grandchildren experience? Will my great-grandchildren experience? And now, I I'm questioning: Will I? Right. And and in if, our and if not in my life, I'm I'm almost certain my kids will. Yeah. And I've never feared that in my life before. Yeah. Almost 50 years old, and I've never wondered, would my kids? I've always expected my grandkids or my great-grandkids to possibly experience that. Right. And that's, um, that's a whole different feeling Yeah, than what I've felt before. And I don't know that I ever even thought about persecution. I thought about uh, the depravity of the world being worse in their lifetime. Yeah. But now... Uh, Gosh, the world is so... It's like it's spiraling out it of control. It is spiraling out of control. It's like it's spiraling down into the pit of hell. And yeah, we're hanging on to keep from getting sucked down in the vortex. I mean, that's kind of what I <laughs> yeah. what I feel like. Like yeah. we're, we're trying to hang on. And, um, and, and I, other people, I feel like other people sometimes are like, well, you know, you're just being so dramatic about it. Like, calm down. It's not that bad. But, you know, when you read and kind of see everything when you read and study what's happened truly happening in the world it's like when you educate yourself on what's really going on out there yeah uh it's it's horrible it's horrible it's horrible and awful it's horrifying i've been rereading back through i started back with you know the bible recap and so i'm in i just finished exodus and i'm on into leviticus and some of the things that um I mean, sin is just horrific. Yeah. I mean, it just really is. Yeah. And when I think about how depraved they were, and then, oh my word, I think about, I mean, I, I don't know. I've just been so struck by the ugliness of sin. I, mm-hmm. I think that that's my point. Just yeah. how. Um, yeah. And I think that's what brought us to this. Yeah. Honestly. Honestly, just the ugliness of sin and how gracious and merciful God has been. And I just, in my mind, I, I think how much longer can he tolerate yeah. this hideous yeah. evil that is just um, growing? I've said that too. Yeah. How long will the world stand with that, with everything that's happening? Right. right. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Um, let's move on to something. Uh, oh, I was going to talk about the parallels of the Old Testament version of the Beatitudes. Let's read some of, some of those. Um, Psalm 1-1 was one of them. 
Hey, you want me to locate it? Or are you going to look up Psalm 1-1? I'm trying to, you know, slowly but surely, because I'm horribly slow at life. <laughs> try to be faster, but I'm just not. <laughs> okay, I'm, we're doing a Bible drill here. I'm going to 34-8. Okay, I beat you. Okay. Okay, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, but stands in the way of sinners, nor, I'm sorry, not not but, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sitteth sits in the seat of the scornful. So I almost feel like you need to read that again. Read that again. Yeah. I got a little jumbled. I'm sorry, I got a little jumbled up. Okay, try again. I beg I beg your pardon. Blessed is the man that walks in the counts I can't do it. I'm skipping words. I'm so sorry. That walks not in the counts. I, I'll tell you what's happening is that it's in the, this is the King James version, and I'm trying to uh, New King James it okay. in my speech, and maybe I should just read it just like Just read it, is. it, read it okay. straight out. Okay, this is, so King James. King James. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So, I had my King James study Bible, sorry. Okay, so Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the person who takes refuge in Him. So, when we're talking about all these blessed, blessed yeah, things. So, I wanted to kind of contrast those two. And then um, another one is sixty-five, Psalm 65, verse 4. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to... Approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even thy holy temple. Um, and then so the last of- one you had was Psalm 128.1. How happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Kayla has the common English Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I have the King James study Bible out. That's what we have today. <laughs> oh. So what was your, con- what contrast were we making? Um, I was the righteousness. I think that uh, both of them are, are striving for righteousness. I think. Uh, do you see that in both of those? Yeah, I, I see that goodness is found in God, and I see that um, we are we are happiest and we are most blessed, blessed and whatever what you know whatever uh, descriptor you want to put with it when we are walking in the way. That God planned for us to walk. Yeah. When we're walking in his ways, when we are obedient to his word, um, that's where the joy is. Yeah. That's where we find the happiness. That's where that blessed comes from. That's where when everything in the world seems to be falling apart, but I've got my eyes on Jesus. And so really none of that matters. Yeah. That's, that's where you can be. I'm standing in the face of persecution, but I'm looking into the face of Jesus and so, really, yeah. I'm not afraid. And really, it's going to be okay. And um, I know where my strength comes from because I know that that's what the Word says. Yeah. And, um, I think that that's the point. And there's, there are a lot of Scripture in the Old Testament that, and New Testament as well, but a lot of Scripture in the Old Testament that just points out the blessedness of obedience. Yeah. And I, I've often wondered, why do we fight it? So much. Why has the creation of God fought against him so much when from the very beginning he has said, you will be blessed if you will walk this way. If you will just do this, you're going to have my hand of protection on you. I'm going to order your steps. I'm going to be your refuge. Like there, there's going to be no lack if you'll just do what I say. 
So, can I say what it is for me? Yeah. What I, my yeah. struggle? Okay, it's laziness and lack of discipline. Those are my two things that I fight against. It's not that I don't want to do the right things or the goodness or the. It's just. It's lazy. It's really laziness. I mean, that's just what I have to confess. It's lazy. So has that throughout your life, would you say that that's always been the thing that really kept you from pursuing no, obedience? No, 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 no. I'm talking about like, like, you know, like when I don't do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. It's because I'm like, I'm so exhausted. <laughs> that's what I tell myself, you know. Yeah. I'm tired. I don't want to stay up late reading. We've been. Or I don't want to get up early reading. Right. We've yeah. been in our Sunday school class. We've been um, doing Shelley Tomlinson's study, Finding and deep and wide wide. um, in the first part of that book she talks about the lie that that Eve bought into and I think it's the lie that we all still fight today I know better I know what's better for me than God knows what's better for me yeah I know what's going to make me happy I know what's going to be most fulfilling I know I know better than him yeah that was probably my youth a lot yeah 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 my youth was just selfishness I think which I guess laziness falls into the selfishness but I know what you falls know under what the umbrella. Saying, it's still in the umbrella. <laughs> I know what you're saying, though. Yeah. As our perspective shifts, like yeah. we, um, I mean, not that one is worse than the other, because ultimately they all keep. If anything that keeps us from doing, you know, what God has called us to do, yeah, then you know we're um, susceptible to the same result. You know, which is not being happy, which is not being fulfilled, which is not. Um, being satisfied yeah you know we all know people in our life that are always searching for the next thing to make them happy the next thing to mm-hmm. make them money the next thing the next so that they'll feel fulfilled in their you know career or whatever and um that it leaves us always wanting yeah when when our satisfaction isn't ultimately you know because if we're changing jobs because there's you know something different comes up that's one thing but if we're always looking um then that's the danger because we're never going to be satisfied, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to read uh, something in the commentary about uh, the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, let so me, did it give a little bit of information like what that kind of meant? Like well, theirs is talk- the kingdom of heaven? Yes, it talked about the heaven, the, the kingdom of heaven being on inside of us now and the and then, you know, the kingdom yet to come. Um, the kingdom in you, which Jesus preached, is both in you and yet to come. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, read and find I, what the commentary says. So you one of the things that you pointed out after having reread all of this was just how much... Jesus spoke of heaven and the kingdom of heaven and um, it being such a significant element of his ministry in his time on earth. Yeah, it was. And I thought that was uh, so interesting. Okay, so I'm going to quickly read that. Um, Let me me quickly find it. (laughs) I can quickly read it. Here in the opening statements of the Sermon on the Mount is the balance between the physical and spiritual promise of the kingdom. The kingdom of which Jesus preached is both in you and yet to come. The future possessors of earth are its presently installed rightful heirs. Even now they hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's It goes on to that one. But I just thought that was interesting um, about the kingdom being in us now. Um, and when I think, you know, of the times when he says the kingdom is near... Um, you know, the kingdom is, is here. Yeah. The kingdom is here. Uh, we just get a little tiny, teeny, tiny taste, taste, of, it. taste of it here. Yeah. 
and then um, and what's yet to come. Yeah. 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 I think the beauty of all the things that he revealed about himself um, throughout Scripture, but uh, just especially, and again, I just go back to the things that he thought significant, making sure we understood what our role is here on this earth while we're waiting and um, the the fact that we are the salt and the light and the significance of that for us today being that um, we're not supposed to be deluded by uh, the things of this earth because it, yeah. may, it says that when he's talking about the salt and the light, it, it says... Um, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? We know salt can't be made salty again. And yeah. when it was mixed with certain, certain things, the saltiness would leach out. And I don't know, it just reminds me of the necessity for us to really strive to stay pure hmm. in in just how we are affected by the things of the world. You know, I think sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to be forgiven. I know that God loves me no matter what. And, and so then we're tempted to think it doesn't matter what we involve ourselves in, what we consume through entertainment and all those things like that. And, and it does, it does affect us. It does affect um, our saltiness. Yeah. Kayla said right before we came in, and I think we can close with this. She said right before we came in, if we just did, if we just lived Matthew 5 through 7, we, you know, we could live a life pleasing to God, I think. Yeah. Uh, if we just did those things, um, I think we could have it down. So It's a great place to start, if nothing great, else. Yes, a great place for us to start. <laughs> great great uh, life goals. Hashtag life goals. <laughs> so, well, thank you guys for listening. Um, we just want to thank our KWCL family. We want to thank... Um, everybody that's listening to us and on the radio and on the podcast. And if you like us, go on and give us a five-star review that helps get the word out and gain followers. Um, Not because we have these big egos that we want to gain (laughs) followers, but we just want to spread the word. Thank y'all.